Lineup review week two. It was not a pretty one. Let's go. It's the Player Pool Podcast with your host, Austin Raboy. Welcome back. Welcome back, Player Pool players. How did we do? The week two main slate has ended. And once again, for me, it was a week of knocking at the door, but I know why I lost. And I, so unlike last week, this week I lost about 60% of entries. Still a pretty, that's a, that's a large chunk loss, but nothing that will put us back too far. Nothing that can't be easily recovered if we were to actually have a positive outcome here in the next few weeks. But DFS is a lot like hitting in baseball. There's a lot of failure, but you make up a lot of ground in the sweet spots when you do when you do square the ball up on the barrel. So we're going to keep doing that, and that's why reviewing your lineups, journaling, and no matter the outcome you had this week, going back and looking at trying to answer the question, why did I win or why did I lose? You have to answer that question so that you can tweak and, and make adjustments going forward and not just staying in the same realm. So... And I'll talk more generally about what we learned and some more themes that are developing within teams on Tuesday's pod. But overall, I would say after looking at what scored high in the leagues and in tournaments and judging off the lack of noise yet again on Twitter from all the DFS touts and, and personalities and everybody whose job it is to really pump up and gas up fantasy output, it just seems to me again to be a very quiet week out there. It sounds like everybody's still trying to figure out the league, and the only people who are winning are the individual fish players, the random outcome players. Looking at the lines that were scoring high in the league, we have a nine-player selection lottery pick. Uh, There's no correlation or very little. It's just trying to stack as many favorable players in the lineup as possible. Looking at the bigger large field tournaments with tens of thousands of entries, you'll see two types of scores. Again, either a low experience to count, chaining together the best combination and getting them all right, or you're seeing some of the usual suspects, some of the sharks, the big Papa Gates of the world who do 150 mass entry lineup generators that they, they craft and really hone in better than anybody else. But what you aren't seeing is game scripts that flowed through star players or flowed through stud players that led to outcomes. It's just another week where it's not going to hit how we want it to hit. Big part of everything we're doing here is we're lining up our lineups so that if the games flow as they should, as they can, or as they most likely will, they're going to flow through our lineup builds and we're going to be on top more weeks than not. Hey, it's part of it. So, Again, I'm sitting here at a 60% loss of entries. A, I call that a large chunk loss. Not happy about it. Doesn't feel good. But after review, three things ultimately led to my demise. Number one, I had less Higgins, T. Higgins, than the field had. I only had him of one in one of nine lineups, and he was projected for about 15% ownership. But in leagues, I was starting to find he was more in the 20 to 25 range. So not having him sprinkled in more hurt. Although looking back on my process with how I use Higgins, unless I'm double stacking him with Burrow or maybe just 
happen to play him in one more line as a dart, that's really the extent I'll ever play Higgins. So I'm not going to overcorrect and try to play more Higgins next week. He's probably still always going to be that single dart run back player, just a single dart play. Uh, but that was a that was one reason I, I was pushed just out of the money. The main reason, I think, is the defense I selected. I I don't know if it's laziness. I got to really be honest with myself or if I truly believed it. But I went 100% Houston defense. I did. Going 100% when it goes does not go your way, I deserve my L today. I say that, I say that about a lot of other people. But me going 100% of my defense, I, I'm really questioning myself if maybe if I – had some lack of effort, you know, if maybe I was overextended and trying to put into the show and, you know, put into my, you know, my personal life and time there and also in my, my other career I have. So I, I'm wondering that to myself, if did I do 100% defense because it was the easiest route or if I truly believed it. So I'm going to look at my player pool and see if there were any other options that were flagging and not just what different defense I could have had, but then what different players was that going to force me to choose from? That's going to tell me if I was lazy or not, if or if I truly was seeing it. So I that's just questions that I'm asking myself after a slate like this. And then the last thing, this is just a, another kind of why I lost theme, and then I'll get to the lineups, is I had a chance with 10 minutes till kickoff to really diverse uh, diversify my lineup with Damian Pierce, and then Kyron Williams came available because the news broke right before kickoff that the Rams had deactivated him possibly put him on the trade block, Cam Akers on the trade block, and Kyron Williams was there. And I already knew that Kyron Williams was a preferred player of the Rams coaching staff. And one of my rules I need to write down and make a part of this process and put it down in granite is when a starting by himself running back, especially under 6K, comes alive, he's got to be strongly considered and almost considered a lock. And despite those rules I set for myself, I ignored them. And I focus more on getting more uh, into contests. And in, instead of going into this week with high Damian Pierce exposure like I had, I could have almost halved that and had 50% Kyron Williams and then 50% Damian Pierce. The difference there is 12 to 15 points, and that's more than enough of what I needed to be on top of my league. So overall, those are the main themes of why I lost. And... Uh, it's important to answer that for yourself. So if you won this week, if you hit in one or two lineups, go through those lineups and tell yourself why you won. You know, I won because I played the right base, and that base gave me X amount of, of, vol- uh, of value. Um, if you lost, go through it like I just did. What led to your demise? Look into these contests, look at the ownerships, and see where you missed, uh, and answer that for yourself. But Anywho, let's get into these lineups. Oh boy, I'm going to start from the best. I'm feeling down right now. So I'm going to start from the best and work my way back down. Um, so the best one I had, and this one cashed a little bit to save my save me from utter destruction. But this was my uh, Herbert. Uh, this was my Chargers and Tennessee Titans game stack, basically. I had five players total from this game playing. So my base was Herbert. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then ran it back with Derrick Henry and a Konkwu at tight end. That was my base. Overall, the base delivered. The base in this lineup cost 35700 in salary. It delivered 84.4 points. That's good for 2.36x value. That's exactly why we target 
games that have this ability to play on each other because once things start clicking in games you can see what happens you get a large chunk amount of points and whether it's keenan allen blowing off and mike williams just making value or coming in just slightly under value it all kind of comes out in the wash so that's why i'm always trying to target these these point rich these op these high opportunity rich you know pass funnel environments so uh, the base in this lineup worked really well and then i had to scramble to fill in the gaps so i really got married to the damian pierce correlation with the houston texans i my eyes deceived me last week i felt like the texans played the ravens well despite giving up 25 points last week so i leaned heavily on houston defense this week uh houston gave me negative one points brutal damian pierce came back gave me four and a half so this is where this lineup starts to go downhill other just game selections these weren't correlated at all um these these two selections weren't correlated, but I had uh, Devonte Adams slipped in here as well. He gave us he gave us easily his value before leaving with injury, and then Joe Mixon I also added in there. He did not fully fail us. I mean, we could have worked with this a lot. Ultimately, it's the four and a half point bomb by Damian Pierce that holds this lineup out of the money. And yes, you know, four to seven boosted points from the defense would have been nice as well. Although negative one points, while it looks really bad in your lineup, it's not the worst outcome in the world. But yeah, just uh, I just needed one last little pop from any of those last few guys I mentioned. Mixon, my defense, or Damian Pierce. Just a little respectable eight more points, ten more points there. And we would have been fine living in the money, breaking even, or probably making a decent amount of money on top of that. So that's too bad. But that was my, that was my Chargers-Titans stack line. The next lineup I have was my Josh Allen of the, the Las Vegas Raiders Buffalo Bills game stack line. So see, look at that. My two highest scoring lines are both very heavy game stacks. So this one was a pretty heavy stack as well. I had, let's see here, I had five. Five people in this game stacked. And I'm sure you guys stacked it like this too. But uh, the base I have here was Josh Allen, James Cook, jo uh, Josh Jacobs, Stefan Diggs, and Devontae Adams. Now, this is an example of a stack of this size just not quite hitting that big value like the Chargers Titan stack did. So, uh, overall, gave me respectable points. I mean, Josh Allen gave me his 23.66 uh, points, so that was fine. That's him doing his job. James Cook over-delivered on his value. He gave us 17.9 points. Fantastic. Uh, the, and we had Devontae give us his easy value return off his stupid low price. Uh, what, what hurt this the base stack here was, you know, the 7.4 points from Josh Jacobs. Stephon Diggs only getting us 10 points on an 8K salary. That's that's a lot of money to spend to get a very pedestrian amount of points. That's brutal. Uh, I still, again, I hurt myself here. I have Pierce and Texans correlated again. And then I had a Conquu and T. Higgins. This is the only lineup T. Higgins was in, and it was wasted because I just was plagued with way too many mid-level pedestrian scores. But... Uh, that was lineup two. It loses again because I'm way too exposed to Damian Pierce and the Texans. And then if all the studs and stars don't absolutely nail their value, I can't recover from the low-scoring uh, Damian Pierce play. So uh, Diggs didn't hit value. Josh Jacobs didn't hit value. And this lineup doesn't hit the cash. Third lineup, and I, there, I played nine this week, by the way. The most I will ever allow myself to play was nine. Uh, third, third lineup... Scored 105.24. This is my Justin Fields naked build lineup. I still got addicted to the thought that this uh, Chicago Bucks game 
much like the Bucks vikings game last week could kind of get ugly and turn into an offensive shootout, somehow I was right and wrong at the same time. Tampa Bay comes out and scores 27 points. Chicago only gets 17. Rashad White and uh, – I'm sorry. My, my, my game stack out of this out of, off the quarterback here, though, is Justin Fields, Rashad White. Yes, I went back to him. And Mike Evans. So, Rashad White – Two gold, you know, two gold stars, 18.8 points. Love it. Mike Evans, love it. 26.1. I think he was a top five scorer on the week. And then we got Justin Fields, who I watched all day. And it's almost like everyone's been screaming at him to become a passer that he's forgotten he has legs attached to his body. Multiple times getting six, eight seconds back there behind the line of scrimmage and not going into scramble mode. Brutal. Uh, you would hope that maybe he goes into his uh, position, coach's room, and they yell at him to start running again this week by showing him the tape of all this green grass around him he could run through. Uh, but, goodness, if he's not going to run, if he's not going to run, then we really got to start considering his usage and if he's if he's a guy you actually have to play every week. So, this lineup had a lot of good spots. It was another just, we had a lot of people hit high value, and then it was just anchored down by terrible scoring. And the culprit in this lineup was actually Calvin Ridley, uh, 4.2 points, totally kills my lineup. The second highest price receiver on the slate. Uh, and he's just part of an offensive stinker there uh, at Jacksonville against the Chiefs. So Ridley weighed this lineup down off a really good field of Rashad White and Mike Evans uh, base. I had this lineup then kind of cherry-picked Bijan Robinson with his great game. He is definitely head of the stud running back class at this point. Uh, I also had Amon Ross St. Brown who under-delivered on his value, too, despite getting six catches and 102 yards. He did have a fumble loss, though, so just not enough. And then these three people at the end, I again, I was overexposed. On Tuesday's show, I'm going to do my best to use this week as an example of why you cannot be overexposed on certain players, because that's what I allowed myself to do this week. But uh, besides Ridley tanking this line, I got you got a Conquo at tight end, Damian Pierce Texan, just again, killing me. Killing me. Next lineup was my Burrow lineup, which I know there's a lot of people out there that know the answer but don't like it. You want to dump Burrow and get out of this horrible situation. And if you're like me, you're you know these Burrow lines are containing some really good players that are popping off, and the base the base build uh, lineup build just can't get off the ground. I feel your frustration, and we'll talk more about it Tuesday. But my Burrow line, I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. Conquu, Texans, Damian Pierce are in every lineup, and they killed, they anchored down every lineup. But uh, my base in this lineup was Burrow and Jamar Chase, and no Ravens run back. So kind of a thin. I just wanted Burrow and Chase. I just, I just wanted to have access to the Jamar Chase show if it popped off. So um, interesting. Now that I'm sitting looking at it, how how little I have involved in this stack. But then my running backs were, of course, Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker. Great game. It seems to be the dude. The workhorse, uh, the Clydesdale there in Seattle. I mean, 17 carries. I'd like to see that for 17.9 points, two touchdowns. The yards efficiency wasn't great, but you just love the opportunity. So as long as Seattle's in the game, I think Kenneth Walker is a rich man's David Montgomery, kind of how I view him. So Burrow, Chase, Kenneth Walker. I had him on Ross St. Brown again, pedestrian game. Keenan Allen, I had him in this game. I love Keenan Allen all week. I was saying he had the safest floor. Uh, in fantasy this week and then he went off and I think he was leading all scores by the end of the day so 
Keenan Allen did great, 27.1 points by himself. Devontae actually had in the flex. I don't usually have a receiver in the flex, but this lineup I was attracted to this very star-studded wide receivers you could get. So I wanted Jamar Chase, Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Adams on the same lineup. I went out and got it. And unfortunately, if I had to name another culprit overall that hurt me today, it would be Jamar Chase. I think he made it in four of my nine lineups, 5.6 points. Uh, is it's just a crusher, and you know his ownership was high, 25% ish across contests. So there's a lot of people I think in similar boats right now with Chase. Next lineup I have uh, this one scored 100.5. Uh, we're getting really ugly here. So this was another Herbert lineup. I played a second Herbert lineup. If I'm ever playing this many lineups, it's because I'm doubling up on quarterback builds because I want to interlace more exposure. Uh, across my player pool with with stacks I like. And my instincts are on, on Herbert. You know, Herbert, 22.2. Keenan Allen, 27.1. That's ridiculous, uh, ridiculous correlation. And then I ran correlation back here with a Conquu, you know, who didn't actually kill me at 4,700, 5.5 points. It doesn't kill you. It doesn't blow you up. It just kind of holds the line. So I'm not really that mad at a Conquu at all. Um, but then this lineup really, again, suffered. I just kept suffering that pedestrian game. From a high-end, you know, stud or slate breaker. That's kind of something that happened to me today. So Stefan Diggs in this lineup with ten points murders me. Jameer Gibbs with only seven t- uh, carries, seven touches, uh, seven carries and seven catches. I'm sorry, uh, which gets you excited, but only nine point one points. His touches in game don't even look like they're trying to get him out in space. It's like here's a shovel pass to run up the middle uh, and just get smothered before the ball even gets to you. So not a lot of uh, creativity with Gibbs early in the season from the Lions. But anyway, this lineup got tanked. Pierce and Houston, of course, tanked me. Jameer Gibbs tanked me. And when you have a lineup with Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase and they combine to get you 15.7 points, you're just not going to – that lineup's just not going to do well. So that's how that one went. On to the next one. We're getting really ugly now. So – this was my Lamar Jackson naked lineup. Scored 95.58 points. That sucks. So uh, let's see. What was I gunning for in this lineup? I think I wanted McCaffrey mixed in here because he's in this lineup. He had a good game per usual. He's going to be 10,000 next week. Uh, and then I think I just wanted different combinations of players. I was so attracted to pairing Jamar Chase this week with another slate-breaking wide receiver, you know, having Devontae Adams. And then I wanted to pair Chase with some exposure to that Chargers-Tennessee game as well. So I had Mike Williams in here who, you know, pretty much hit his value. Uh, but it's the guy we, we threw the party for, Jamar Chase. You know, he's the one that ruined the party. So 5.6 points kills me here. Gibbs is in here. Pierce is in here. Houston defense is in here killing me. Even Luke Musgrave at 5K, only 3.5 points. So... You know, you live by that bargain bin tight end, you die by that bargain bin tight end. Lamar Jackson gave us a good stat line here, so it's good to see him back where he's supposed to be. But just overall, a bunch of single-digit scoring. Chase kills me. Uh, I think I just got a little too attracted to the Chase uh, this week. These lineups get worse. 87.46 points on the next line. This is another Josh Allen build where, I, I again, I just wanted to stack two slate-breaking receivers as much as I can. This is the same idea as the – honestly, this idea is exactly the same as the last idea. Get as many uh, slate-breaking wide receivers in a lineup as I could, correlate as much as I can, only to have two of the three slate-breakers 
receivers in this lineup completely dropped the ball. Uh, if they even caught any balls, it doesn't look like it. So, uh, yeah, this lineup, yeah, had Josh Allen in a Diggs little mini stack there. Devontae, Jamar Chase, it just didn't happen. Uh, this also got sprinkled in with a little bit of Jameer Gibbs that weighed the line down. Just overall big swing and a miss. This lineup dies because of Jamar Chase and, and Stephon Diggs, though. Still getting worse. Next lineup, another another Burrow stack. So I, I had two, I had three quarterbacks I stacked twice this week, which led to six of my nine lineups. So another Burrow stack. This one was a little deeper of a Bengals stack, and I still did not, opted not to run a Raven back on this and opted in for Jerry Judy, who I mentioned on the pod earlier in the week. I, I just thought Jerry Judy would be in a spot today to do something. I was very wrong, like uh, I think Sean Payton was very wrong for going to Denver to start coaching again. So uh, Denver's definitely got to have a hard look taken at him. But, uh, yeah, the Burrow, Mixon, Chase stack just underperformed big time. Nobody's hitting 2x value there. Uh, McCaffrey sitting there pretty at the top, which just, you know, a worker's 21 points. That really doesn't blow the, the the lid off that's honestly I don't think that's even two and a half times his value which is what we're looking for in, in slate breakers so don't get too excited off that 21 points and then yeah just receivers are a complete wash Demar blowing it up Mike Williams hitting his the bare minimum uh value that he can uh 12.6 points and then the rest are failures Judy four points Conku five points Pearson Pearson uh Texans you know the rest and the last lineup of the day, man. I, these last lineups have not been near as fun as the uh, first. The first lineups we talked about. This one had a terrible low score of seventy-two point one eight points. Yuck! This was a naked Lamar Jackson line, uh, so he's there at the top. I'm looking at this, and I again, I definitely made this because I wanted to. That was what kind of anchored me down this week. Now I'm seeing it after going through all these lines. I wanted. Two slate-breaking wide receivers with correlated games around it as I could. So that's what it. That's what the base here is. It's in this lineup. I definitely made saying I'm getting ETN. So earlier in my lines, I had already gotten Ridley, and I said I want one ETN share. So when I want those kind of players, like pluck them out 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 of the player pool with not a lot of correlation. That's usually they're going to be paired with naked quarterbacks. So I definitely in this line I said. I want ETN, I want two slate-breaking wide receivers, and I want a little bit of that Chargers-Titans game. So I threw in Lamar naked, got my ETN, so I had my share, got my two slate-breaking receivers with Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, who both underperformed. Then I got my little Titans exposure with Mike Williams and Okonkwu. Again, eh, nothing that's going to move the needle too much between them scoring. And then I also reached and I grabbed A.J. Dillon. Uh, and put him in at flex at 7K, and yikes. I Maybe there's nothing special about A.J. Dillon. Uh, he did not look like he could move the pile. He didn't really look like he could fall forward uh, when, when tackled this week. So uh, maybe maybe not as big an opportunity when Aaron Jones misses his next game. Uh, but A.J. Dillon, 6.8 points, absolutely murdered me. Uh, nothing murdered me more, though, than my terrible decision to lean on Damian Pierce in Houston at home against Indy that I kind of viewed would be kind of a grudge, slow, kind of ugly affair. And it said it was Indianapolis being up very quickly on Houston. That negative game script created from the very beginning kind of set the tone for the whole day. At one point I was very, I was, I was up big. Um, and then I was just able to hold on enough 
uh, to kind of lessen the blow. So that is my lineup review for week two. I have a lot of notes written down for Tuesday's show. Excited to get there and talk more with you guys. I've gotten some feedback already. We have a couple listeners who did very, very well scoring in the 140, 150 range. And uh, we have some guys, I think, that, you know, they started with their 10 lives to start the season, and they are well beyond that already. So it's great to see some success coming out of the pool. I think we're still just starting, though. I think these offenses are are still trying to get in sync. Um, You know, we have the Bengals who still haven't even really joined us yet in this season. So pretty excited for the weeks ahead. And, uh, yeah, so if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on our socials at PlayerPoolPod. We'll have Tuesday's show out. Hope you guys had a better week than I did. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Player Pool Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Player Pool Pod.